happens, but I still know you're able. This current situation is testing my faith. Who would come and save me? My family's leaning on me. I've had to be strong for everybody else. When I pray, can you please help me? Say, do it yourself. God bless you. It's Sunday morning service here at Nations Harvest, and I am glad to be in the presence of God and in the presence of his people. I thank God for you today. Hallelujah. Good morning to all of those that I see here in this assembly this morning. Sister Gloria. April, Samuel, Cassandra, God bless you, precious people. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice, and we're going to be glad in it. Hallelujah. We give thanks to the Most High God that have made this moment possible to bring us together in this assembly again. And I pray that as you have this experience that you will be able to not only tune in, but you can also keep up in the spirit of Christ today that we'll be able to overcome some of the issues that we have with our stream. Um, and that you'll be able to maybe just when you're when you're off, knocked off, or you lose connection, that you'll just reconnect and try to keep up today. Looks like everybody is in the room right now. Deborah, good morning. I missed you last week as I wasn't here. My sister Janet, wife Cassie, April, Aunt Gloria, Samuel, it's good for us to be together. 
it's good for us to be together. It's good for us to be together here um, at this time and and in this for this cause to be together for the word of God. This is wonderful. It's marvelous. I'm excited about today, and I hope that you're excited as well to be ready to get a word from God. I'm going to read a scripture. <laughs> And then after the scripture, we're going to get right into the word of God. And I want you to get your Bibles and be ready to exercise and experience this word and the beauty of God's holiness. Amen. <clears throat> scripture is coming from Philippians chapter four. And beginning at verse number 10, it says that I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concerns for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret, he says, to being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or whether I'm hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Very familiar passage and verse of scripture, Philippians 4 and 13, where we declare that we are able to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. In this case, Paul is very specific about the things that he can do, and that is that he has learned a secret. I can know how in every situation to be able to look outside of the situation and see the hand of God in the situation. This is exactly what Paul is saying. Regardless to what is happening, I am always, and this is a secret, it simply means that it is the mysterion. Mysterion seems, simply means that it has been revealed to some, but to not all. I have learned the secret, the mysterion. It is the revelation of God that is present, but not always understood. God has made it available, but only some can understand. And he says, I have learned the mysterion or the secret that I can be well when everything doesn't look well. When I'm hungry, I have learned how to feel full. I learned when I have absolutely nothing to still exercise and experience the euphoria of having every need met, even though I don't see anything. So the next time that you recite that verse of scripture, I can do all things, it may not be applicable to the idea that you can walk on water or that you can fly in thin air. But it does mean that when your feet are planted on solid ground and things are not going your way, you still know that you're going to make it, that you're perfectly fine. 
that you're not as sick as you think that you are. You're not as lonely as you feel that you are because God is right there and he is a very present. Not everyone know how to do that. It's intimidating when you're around someone and you know how to do it and they don't know how to do it. It is, um, it is upsetting to the spiritual equilibrium when you are able and capable to have and operate in such relationship with God, which is authority, thus translated the power of God. And those that you may be with or around, you work with, you live with, you cohabitate with, you have a social connection to, and they are unable to have or such a knowledge of God's ability to do so. So it gets sometimes a bit intimidating to others, as well as it is sometimes frustrating to yourself. But if you are capable of doing all things through Christ Jesus, you can rise above the frustration, even though they are not able to get beyond the intimidation. Thank God for the reading of his word. May it be a blessing to you. May it fill your hearts and your souls and your minds not just today, but every day. And may the resounding sound of my voice continue to be in your ear when you need it the most. I want to get down to the preached word of God today. I want to kind of keep in. I think I can see when you are no longer connected by seeing your name grayed out. Right now, everyone's name appears to be solid, so that means that you're all here. Uh, and I'm seeing some of the responses that also keeps me knowing as April is responding, Samuel's responding. And I know not everybody types, but when you do type, it kind of lets me know that you're still there. So if you say something every now and then, it's, it's a good thing. Um, let me just append to what I just said. People of God and people of faith, stop getting so upset and frustrated when those around you have not arrived to the level or the measure of faith that God brought you to. Stop getting so it's no good for you for your physical body. It causes anxiety that's unnecessary when you start getting frustrated because people have not arrived to the level of faith that God brought you to. At the same time, don't be proud. Don't think yourself better than somebody else. I'm a preacher who believes that before I ever say a word about Peter sinking in the water, I've got to first make the steps that he made on the water. And until I have walked on the water the way that Peter did, then I can't talk about him sinking. You can take that with you from now on. So when you see people stumbling, when you see people going through, you first get through what they've gone through. And then you can have more to say about what they are unable to do. Amen to that. I hope everybody got that. Stop looking down on people because of what they have not yet done. Because their level of faith was strong enough. And it was measurable enough for them to attempt to do some things that you can't even think about doing. I'm just going to leave that right there.
Amen. I want to talk to you today, if you're all here, um, and discuss today something that I think is going to be pertinent to us. You've been with me long enough to know, especially you that have been very close to me, that I became extremely much more over the years philosophical in my presentation as well as my way of communication, which simply means that I am now given to a lot of thought before I speak and even in my actions. When we are younger and immature, we conduct ourselves in a manner, and as we grow older, then our, our manners of conduct change. Paul says, when I was young, I did it one way, and then when I became a man, or when I became mature in the faith, I did it another way. Um, so because I am given to much thought now in my communication as well as my life experience, it's important that when I start to give you a word of God, that I seek God to make sure that what I'm about to give you is relevant. Relevant means that it's necessary to the continuation. Relevant means that it's necessary, it's required for the continuation. Relevant. You need it. My thought has become so deep until if it's not relevant, then it's not even necessary for me to say it. If it's not relevant, then it is not even necessary for me to engage myself in it. It has to be necessary to the continuation. Because if we're just going to go through things just to be doing something to waste time or to occupy time, time is too valuable to be wasting it on things that are irrelevant. They just don't apply to the continuation. Amen. Relevant. Um, <laughs> yes, God. I, I think that what I, I know that when I want to take up for discussion today is pertinent to us In order for us to have a closer fellowship with God, you need that. I want to discuss something that I think will enhance your communication with God. And I want to discuss some things that will be helpful in making life, your faith life more specifically, richer and more rewarding. Let me say them again. I want to open for discussion 
something that will cause you to have a closer fellowship with God, something that will enhance your communication with God, and something that will be helpful in making your faith life richer and more rewarding. That's relevant. The approach that I'm going to take comes from two verses of Scripture. When I say this is hot off the press, I didn't even finish. I'm only giving myself to the Holy Spirit to complete this today. Even as we came on on the on the broadcast on the stream, I'm I'm still typing. The approach that I'm going to take comes from two verses of Scripture. The first one is Psalms 100, verse 3. Someone put that in the text, Psalms 100, verse 3, so that I can focus here. Psalms 100, verse 3. And the second one is coming from Revelations 4, verse 11. I hope someone is typing. Psalms 100, verse 3, and Revelations 4, 11. Psalms 100 verse 3 says, know this, and I'm reading from the Message Bible, okay? This is from the Message Translation, not the Message Bible. Rescind that. This is from the Message Translation of the Bible. Psalms 100 verse 3, know this, God is God and God, God. He made us. We didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Verse 3 again from Psalms 100, from the message translation. Know this. God is God, and God, God, he made us. We didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. One verse from Psalms 100. Now I'm going to read Revelations 4 and verse 11. Worthy, O Master, yes, our God, take the glory, the honor, the power, you created it all. It was created because you wanted it. Revelations 4.11. Worthy, O Master. Yes, our God. Take the glory, the honor, the power. You created it all. It was created because you wanted it. Here is my subject for today. God wants our attention. 
exclamation point. If you can type it, type it. Change the pronoun our to my. God wants my attention. As I open this, I'm going to share with you scripturally some cases in the scripture where what God did to engage getting his attention with those that he gave an assignment or his man, his woman, what he did in the case of getting the attention of a couple of people in the scriptures. And that's how I want to communicate that to you today. Thank you for typing that out. God wants my attention. That's right, I got it. Now, psychology tells us, as I can recall, in Psych 1, this statement. There is a simple two-step method in getting people to pay attention to you. Psychology tells us that there is a simple two-step method to get people to pay attention to you. First step, simply use their name. Second, ask them a question. Use a person's name and ask them a question. Gloria, where do you live? Gloria will react to her name being called in a way that she doesn't react to anything else. When you call a person's name, you get a totally different reaction than you do from anything else in our rearing, our raising. Our parents skillfully used our name to get our attention. They had a way of calling our name that would let us know even the tone of their voice to let us know whether we had did something that was favorable or unfavorable. They would append things to our name. Don, son. Don Alfred, two different things. We react to our name being called in a way that we don't react to anything else. Why? Because our name is the most precious sound in the world to us. Now God is always wanting to get our attention. I had to find the word there. I toggle between trying and wanting to. The reason that I use either of these or I choose to use either of these is because based on the Psalms and the Revelation the declaration is that 
God has created us to fellowship with him. The psalmist and the writer of the revelation declares, God, you have did all of this for us. So I can conclude that you created us in order to fellowship with you. You made us in your image to do your will, in your likeness to follow after you. It seems as though the psalmist and the revelator is telling us that God wants to speak to us. Not every once in a while, but in the way that it says to your glory and to your honor and to your power. That he doesn't want an occasional conversation, but God wants to speak to us every day. Not every once in a while, but every day. In my experience with him, all day. All day, every day. Because he created me to fellowship with him. He made me in his image, in his likeness, so that he could have some equality, something that was equal to him because it come from him, his creation, in order to communicate with. How does he do, how does he do this? I'm glad you ask. He does it through the wonders of his nature. He does it through the Bible like the scripture that we were that we read earlier from Philippians 4 you got a message from that verse of scripture not from me but from God with the way that you heard that verse this morning it's going to revolutionize your life because you're not going to append I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me to some flat tire on the side of the road or because you someone walked out on you or someone lied to you you're going to pin that to the idea that when I'm in my worst moment when all of the things that could go wrong did go wrong I'm here and I'm not here in fragments I'm here fully I'm like the woman with the issue of blood I have bled for 12 long years but I ain't ever run out He communicates with us by his spirit. And he also communicates with us and gets our attention. Rather, it's where I'm specifically directing this. He gets our attention through his messengers. Wonders of nature, through the Bible, by his spirit, and through messengers. I'm here as a herald angel. Do you know what herald means? I'm here as an angel who sounds the alarm. More so to get your attention than anything else. God wants your attention right now. You see who's here. He wants your attention. God wants your attention. He is using me to be the facilitator for getting your attention. That's all. He's going to say something to you. Because he simply has your attention. Now the key to 
making the path of communication between us and God open in order to keep that path of communication, God wanting to get our attention through his messengers, by his spirit, in the wonders of his nature, and through the Bible. We must be available to listen. You must be available. Show up. Be present. Be one in the number. Knowing that God wants to get your attention, make yourself available. I am available, God, to you. I'm working, but I'm available. My hands are busy, but I'm available. People are around me, but I'm available. If you don't make yourself available, then life is going to become more complicated than you can ever imagine. I'm preaching. If life is complicated with you to the degree that you having headaches, you're falling apart, you can't handle it, you're ready to throw in a towel, it's because you are simply not making yourself available and God wants your attention. Life becomes complicated because we don't comprehend when God is doing something to get our attention. I'm preaching. I'm a firm believer. And I hear people, I call this generic. This is kind of generic. It's like easy. Any, like, like it's like generic just simply means like everybody says it. I believe, and it's true, that hardships in our world and across the globe are acts of God. I, I believe this because we have no control over hurricanes. We have no control over tornadoes. We have no control over flooding. We don't have any control over droughts. We don't have any control over the fires that are in Hawaii. We don't have any control over those things. Generically so, I believe that it's true that God gets everybody's attention through these things. And it's possible that through these things that are so generic, God in his mercy is reminding the world. He is reminding everybody at the same time that he's still on the throne. And some are going to acknowledge that as a result of these cataclysmic, catastrophic, occurrences they're gonna they're gonna acknowledge well that's God that's got to be God tornado got to be God however to me the faith walker there are not very many times in scripture where God allowed turmoil to show his displeasure in other words I don't think that a tornado creates so much havoc and takes so many lives just for God to get our attention. There's not many times that God allowed turmoil to express his displeasure. In the case of Noah, 
which is a very rare occasion, he gave warning that it was coming. He tried to get the people's attention. If they had have made themselves available, they could have overcome what otherwise became their demise. They didn't have to drown because warning was given. They just weren't available. So even here, it's not where God is showing great displeasure. He simply said it's going to rain. He already knew that they weren't going to listen, that they weren't going to take heed. I believe more so that although God doesn't always cause our afflictions, hear me carefully, I'm preaching. God doesn't cause our afflictions. God has not caused your hardship. He has not caused your uh, enveloping circumstances. But he does allow the consequences of our choices to draw us to remember his word. My God. The consequences causes me to remember what God said. In his mercy, Matthew says that, I think it's 24, he says he sends the rain on the just as well as the unjust. And we have learned that Godly people can get caught up in the fallout. Tornado comes down the boulevard. The thing is, is it has a different effect on you than it has on anyone else. Somebody say amen. I hope everybody's still in here. God getting our attention is the only way that we people of faith can experience, you may want to write these down, the peace of God, the presence of God, and the fellowship with God. I'm going to say it one more time. God getting our attention is the only way that we, people of faith, can experience the peace of God, the presence of God, and the fellowship with God. Psalms 100 and verse 3 declares it. Revelations 4 and 11 declares it. That the only way that we can experience the peace, the presence, and the fellowship of God is that God gets our attention. When God does not have our attention, we will have little to no peace in life. We will feel distant and disconnected from God as our creator. And our day-to-day -day need for God presence is going to be unattainable. You won't be able to get a prayer through. Why? Because we're not available and God is desiring to have our attention. I want to talk about a couple of individuals in the Bible to father express, engage deeper in the discussion about God wanting to get our attention. 
And I want you to follow along with me. The peace, the presence, and the fellowship with God. Thank you for putting that in there, April. This is what happens when God has our attention. Now let me go ahead and before I make a little transition, let me query you. Let me ask you a question. Let me give you a little small open book test. How can you have the peace of God? The answer is, is that God has my attention. And I've made myself available to him. And that's the only way that he gets my attention is when I make myself available. Can I experience the presence of God? Yes, when I make myself available to God and God has my attention. The fellowship of God, when God has my attention. When I don't, life becomes more complicated. I'm upset with God. I can't figure God out. God becomes complex. You remember when God said these words, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? If God doesn't have your attention, what is there to be agreed upon? You've got time for everybody but God. Simple as that. I don't think that's too complex. I can move on. In the case of Jeremiah, God gets Jeremiah's attention in chapter 1 of the book of Jeremiah, verse number 4. I'm going to read it to you. You can read it in your spare time. The word of the Lord came to me saying, now this is Jeremiah writing. Obviously, Jeremiah is responding to his name. God calls him by his name. The word of the Lord came to me saying. The word of the Lord didn't come to us. It didn't come to them. It came to me. And when the word of the Lord came to me, the word of the Lord said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Lord, you know, Oh, I just want to be Jeremiah right there. I just want to, I mean, I, I can only imagine it. And, 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 and he's saying it to me because when he says it to Jeremiah, he's saying it to me. Before I formed you in Luella's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart, which means you didn't even have to go to the sanctified church. You were sanctified, sanctified meaning set apart. Before you were born, I set you apart. You came here sanctified. Jesus Christ. I appointed you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I appointed you as a prophet to nations. When did I do this? Before your dad ever knew your mom. And then Jeremiah said back, yes, oh great God. I know how, I don't know how to speak because I'm too young. Now that's his response and I'm not going to preach on that today. God comes and say, I formed you in your, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I set you apart, I sanctified you. 
and I appointed you a prophet to nations. Jeremiah responds to him, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. Now, I'm just going to just let you know God got his attention. I'm not going to talk about Jeremiah's response. Somewhere Jeremiah played catch up. He got it. Okay? God continued on. But let me get to the crux of my message. In Jeremiah chapter 20, and there couldn't have been a 20 until there was a Jeremiah 1. Jeremiah is now later on in the middle of his ministry at a point where he's almost sure and convinced that everything is going to work smoothly. How many of you have been doing this so long that you know that you're experienced and you ought to be able to work out anything? You should be able to fix it now because you've been doing this long enough with God. Jeremiah in chapter 20 is at a time in his life where he's going through some threatening times. Pashur is about to, the king is about to just come and cause complete chaos in Jeremiah's life out of intimidation for Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is about ready to throw the towel in. I'm going to help you know what I'm talking about in a second. Jeremiah says, I'm deceived. People are wanting to kill me. I'm being threatened on every hand. Every time I open my mouth to speak in your name, matters get worse. So I'm not going to speak anymore your name. You can read this, and I'm talking out of Jeremiah 20. He says, so I'm not going to speak anymore in your name. You know what God did? God simply remind him in Jeremiah 20 that there was a Jeremiah chapter 1 by letting him know before 20 happened, before you were ever threatened, I had already put in place a protection plan to let you know that I'm going to get you through whatever comes your way. So, but I got to take you back to remind you the day that I got your attention. And when God gets to him in 20, he simply reminds him what he said in Jeremiah 1. I formed you before I formed you in the belly. When God says this, he gives the fullness to our text, Revelations 4 and Psalms 100. Before I formed you in the belly, before I created you, I'm not even giving credit to your existence, to your mother and your daddy. No disrespect for them, but he didn't call Jeremiah's mother name or his dad's name. He said, before I created you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I sanctified you. He attributes Jeremiah's full existence. Jeremiah needs this now because he's in trouble. He's got to think of himself more than just a man. He is more than just a man. He is the man of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Excuse me while I am charged and supercharged, empowered by God coming to remind me that I'm more than just the name you call. I'm more than just who you say I am. I'm more than just what 
you can do to me. I am, and I was before I got here, <laughs> who God says that I am. God does not attribute Jeremiah's existence to his mom and dad. I wonder, can you catch that in your mind? The fact that you are here right now going through what you're going through because God formed you for a reason. He got your attention when he introduced himself to you through the circumstances that you had to go through. Oh, my God. And you knew that he was talking to you. So he doesn't attribute to what you're going through to something that you did wrong or something that you didn't do right. I don't have to live now because of my right and my wrong. My existence is not attributed to my friends and who my friends were, what job I had or what education level I have. So I don't have to live up to the standard. Y'all don't hear what I'm talking about today. The idea of you're saying that I'm uneducated or I'm uneducated, I'm ignorant or I'm smart. It's not attributed to myself. I don't have to live based on who you say I am. If God says that I'm here because of him, then you can believe that he's the one that have put my life together. He got my attention and he's getting my attention more and more. I didn't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get this excited and I'm going to calm down in a minute, but right now I know that my existence, he got my attention. If he got your attention, then you need to put it in there. All right, Samuel, he got my attention. <laughs> he got my attention. He got my attention. So whatever comes at me, whatever betides me now, I can always reflect back on the idea that you didn't call me. He did <laughs> before you knew my name. Preach, boy. Before you even knew my name was Don, God had already called me by name that even the angels cannot call <laughs> and sign my name in the book of life. He got my attention. <laughs> oh, my God. So I look at Jeremiah and I see the importance of yielding and giving up this space in my life daily where I turn to God and I make sure that I remind myself that God has, he has my attention, my availability. Lord, I am available. I'm available. I'm available to you. Let me go, Father. Give me a minute and I'm going to go, Father. Not only in the case of Jeremiah, but this one in particular before I, before I leave you today, is Exodus chapter 3. And that's in the case of Moses. God gets his attention as well. I love Moses. But I'm crazy about Joshua. And sometimes I want to be Moses, but then at other times I want to be Joshua. Days when I want to be Caleb. So you're going to see the personification of some Moses. You're going to see the personification of some Joshua. And you're going to get some Caleb out of Don. Because as he was to them, so he is with me. When he called me, he said to me the same thing he said to Joshua. As I was with Moses, Don, so shall I be with you. Be strong. Be courageous.
by virtue of God coming to these men, he has my attention. In the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit. You can't even compare what God is doing through me to what he did through Moses because while you think the parting of the Red Sea was something that was splendiferous, you ought to see what God is doing in 2023. Parting of the Red Sea is in the minors. When in 2023, God is working in the majors in people's lives like you. The people that are in here, Deborah and Janet. Cassie and April. Gloria and Samuel. You don't think that God is still working major supernatural things when you don't even open your mouth, when you don't say a word, just by virtue of your existence, you're still here. People have did things to utterly destroy you and just because and you don't even know it, giving you poison and you wouldn't die. And just by virtue of you still being here, yields to his glory and his honor and his power. Pharaoh didn't hide his hand. Pharaoh said what he was going to do to destroy the people of God. Today, people that sit at your table, wear your clothes, use the things that you have, will set out to destroy you and be a pharaoh in your life, and you don't even know them. And you want to tell me that God is not more powerful in your life? He's taking care of you, showing himself strong. You're not here because you've done well. You're here because God has kept you and because you made yourself available to him. And let me talk to somebody for a minute. Get up off your own neck. Stop being so hard on yourself and lift up your holy hands and give God praises for who you are to him and who he is to you. You're letting people and you're agreeing with them about what they have to say about you more than you are with what God had to say about you. Don't you hear God saying to you just like he said to Jeremiah before, before. In Exodus chapter three, in the case of Moses, the attention that I'm talking about has to do with three things. One is the person two is the place, and three is the circumstances. In the case of Moses, God getting attention (laughs) 
the person, the place, and the circumstance. God getting attention is contingent upon the person, the place, and the circumstance. That's in Moses' case. And I want to I wanna just kind of spell this out a little bit, and I'll, I'll leave you guys alone. This was just totally profound in my thought. First of all, God spares Moses. He saves Moses from Pharaoh. When Moses is simply a little baby, when he's just in the cradle, can't do a thing for himself, he has Moses' Hebrew mother to hide him in the river because Pharaoh had set out a declaration that all firstborn male Hebrew children were to die. So God saves Moses because Moses because Moses's mother, Yoshebed, has God has her attention. She's available and she puts Moses inside the straw on the river. God saves Moses from Pharaoh. Now, Moses ends up in the hands of the enemy and is raised up in Pharaoh's house. Stay with me. God, you save me from the enemy, but you raise me in the enemy's house. Sounds like Joseph too, doesn't it? God save you, and then he causes what he saved you from to raise you up. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. He puts Moses in Pharaoh's house for 40 years. Now Moses learns nothing but worldly ways. He learns all of the debauchery. He learns all of the disciplines of Egyptian life. That's all he knows. All he knows is Pharaoh's house because he doesn't know where he was born. But watch this. All God needs is Moses' attention. It doesn't make any difference how long you've been out there. What you did while you were out there what you're doing when God shows up. He just needs you available to get your attention. Notice 40 years in Pharaoh's house and God gets Moses attention through a very which strange set of circumstances. This Hebrew woman is being beaten. Moses for all he know is an Egyptian but something on the inside of him showed up on the outside and he cared for somebody that he shouldn't have cared for. Why is he caring for this Hebrew woman? He acted before he even knew 
that he were acting. Do you hear me? God gets his attention. And now that he did what he did, what does it result in? Him being kicked out of Pharaoh's house. Here we go now. Stay with me. And in order for God to get his attention, listen to me. First is a person. It's Moses. Second is the place. The wilderness. I want you to just get past Pharaoh's house because we all been down through there. Some of us went down through there at the little shack up on the front street in Molten Heights. Some of us did it at the Dew Drop Inn. I don't know where you did it, but you did it. All right? We all did it. We went down through there. But God got our attention, and we were available. When he takes him out of Pharaoh's house, he has to put you in a wilderness episode. Let me talk about the place. Let me see who all's here. I want to make sure nobody's grayed out. Everybody looks to be here. The wilderness, in Moses' case, simply represents a place where you can shut out everything around you. Hear me clearly. When God gets ready to get your attention and you show yourself available, availability is not dependent upon the idea that everybody has to leave. The wilderness is more where you place yourself. The mindset that you have, you've got to be able to block out what everyone else is saying, what everyone else is doing, what everyone else has to say about you and to you, your wilderness. Jesus went through the wilderness. It is a representation that Jesus separates himself from the disciples. I'm not teaching. I'm not preaching. I'm not healing. I'm not feeding. I am here so that I can show myself available to God. When people want to have a conversation with you and they feel it important to talk, but you are in a wilderness moment where you are showing yourself available to God, news flash, they will be there when you come out of the wilderness. Stop stressing yourself. If I can respect the idea that someone just needs a little time in the wilderness, they're showing themselves available to God. We don't like to give up that space. The place is important. I've got to have a wilderness experience at 119 Second Avenue where I go every day and go about my vocation, my job. And while I'm fixing food, while I'm helping people, I've got to still Make myself available. Let me see who's saying something in this room because I'm preaching and I hope some folks are hearing it. You can't just wait until you get off. You can't wait until you're, it's your day off. You can't wait until you get to church. Oh, I got to go to church. Oh, Lord, I got to hurry up and get to the place of worship. I need some peace. You ain't going to get no peace at church. Some of the biggest hellions there are is going to show up at church. They're not there to worship and praise with you. They're there to see what condition you're in, what you got on, this, that, and the other thing. 
You've got to know that in the midst of your sons, your daughters, your family, mama, daddy, auntie, them, cousin, them, all of those people, you still got to show yourself available. Moses's excursion to the wilderness is God's way of putting him in the right place because he's the right person available to God because God wants his attention. He spends 40 years in the wilderness. I'm about to talk about the circumstances now and then I'm finished for the day. I'm over an hour already. He spends 40 years in Pharaoh's house, 40 years in the wilderness. This is his father-in-law Jethro because, you know, he's, he's now married. He's, he's in, his, in Jethro's house. He leaves from the house with everybody else and goes into the wilderness to tend his, his cattle. And when I look at this geographically, I don't have time today. Moses' daily trek around that mountain, it wasn't long. It wasn't far. He went around the same places because the pastors were, he just moved them from pastor to pastor to make sure with a rod and staff in his hand. Stay with me. The circumstances are Moses knew about where every stone was, every rock, pebble. He knew where the snake houses and dens were. He knew where the wolves were. Forty years, you know a lot about what's going on. Are y'all with me? You know what to expect from day to day. Are you with me? Let me preach. All of a sudden, one day, God wants to get Moses' attention now because he's about to take Moses to another level in his commission and in his administration. What does God do? He uses and employs something to get his attention. Stay with me. Are you with me? Somebody type yes. How does he get his attention? Listen to me carefully. Get close. Get real close to me. He uses something that ordinarily does a specific thing and causes that thing that has for so long did this to now do that. Somebody got it, but I'm going to have to go over it again for somebody else to get it. We're looking for God to do something new, something we've never seen before. But if when God really wants to get your attention, he will cause something that you know to do what you've known it to do, to do something different. And it is out of that circumstance that he's about to tell you something that you have never heard before about yourself. I'm preaching. Moses says in Exodus 20, I saw the bush, now the bush is not just one, it's like a group of them. And I know that I've passed these bushes before. But they are doing something that is most unusual and I've never seen them do this before. I'm preaching. Sometimes we think that people that we want to stop doing certain things that we think is destructive or bad. We think that they are burning. Let me use the, take, take what the Bible gives. It's burning. 
that it's going to burn up. Boy, if you don't hurry up and come out, if you don't hurry up and get it together, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. No, 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 no. He's using maybe the continuation of their burning to get your attention. Oh, my God. He's using what you think should be one way, but it's another way, not for it, but for you. Because he wants your attention. What was so unusual about the burning bush? Not that it was burning, but the thing is, Moses had never seen it burn before. <laughs> I'm through. I'm finished. People that I've known and the things that they have always done, it's not happening like that anymore. I simply now am turning myself and say, God, you got my attention. I don't want to change them. I don't want to fix them. I don't want them to rearrange their life. I simply want to turn to God and say, God, I am available. <laughs> yes, Lord, to you. Who we, yes, I am available. I'm finished today and I'm feeling it. And I got a call that I can call out of. I am available. Oh, Lord, I'm available. I'm available to him. That's what I am. Because the things that are happening in this day lets me know that there is a God that sits high. Oh, Lord. There is a God, oh, Lord, that looks low. And he holds the world. He holds it. Come on, somebody. He holds it. He holds it in his hands. Oh, y'all say Oh, Lord, yeah. And if I take the wings of the morning, oh, Lord, and the God that I serve becomes the wind beneath my wings. Y'all don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to fly. Oh, Lord, I'm going to fly away. Hoo-wee. Oh, yeah. Just as sure as God, just as sure as my God, and he is your God. Just as sure as he got you up from your bed this morning, the aches and the pains does not dictate, oh God, that your day is going to be a bad day. But all it reminds you of is I once was young, but now I'm old, never seen the righteous forsaken, nor have I seen his seat to beg bread. Oh, yes. I'm here to tell you today. God, mm, show been good to Don. Mm, and out of all of these things that I see that are changing around me, uh, I'm reminded uh, that God has always been right there for me. Uh, and I need you to tell somebody, oh, Lord, uh, he just as he has uh, been with me. Somebody tell somebody, he shall be there for you and with you. Mm, uh, and as you go uh, for the rest of this day, Sunday, August, uh, I don't know what it is, the 23rd, 21st, 24th, uh, but whatever day this is, this is a day uh, that the Lord has made. Somebody say, he got my attention. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, and the way that the Lord has my attention uh, is just like with Moses. God, uh, you've always been there. 
And if I'm going to go any farther into the interior, if I'm going to get another year older, if I'm going to live another day, if I'm going to get to another circumstance, except you be for me, the world has taken over. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'm not throwing in the towel, y'all. I'm not quitting. I'm here to stay until I hear him say, well done. Thy good and faithful servant It's over today. That's it today. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to know today, uh, Lord, uh, if I decide uh, in my own self uh, to lift up my voice uh, and declare your word, uh, will you be there for me? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And as you can hear, he has showed up. And again, he going to show out. Because never have I seen his righteous forsaken, nor his seed to beg bread. Somebody said one more time, he is there. I like that. He has my attention. Yes, he does. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's over now it's over uh, but it's not the end it's over uh, but it's not the end uh, I'm gonna see you next Sunday uh, but it's not the end this is just over uh, this one is just finished uh, but we still here uh, he has my attention uh, he has my attention he has uh, he has my attention so as he was with Moses uh, he is with me. Let me tell you what I'm about to say. I'm about to declare the words of Moses. As I reach what I have in my hand over yonder's red, red sea, be still and behold the salvation of the Lord. Oh, Lord. Everything that's in your way, when he gets your attention, it has to get out of your way. Oh, yeah. Ooh oh, my God. Be still. Behold the salvation of the Lord. Farewell. God. Oh, my God. Be still. Behold the salvation of the Lord. I am here. And he is mine. I am here. And he is mine. Farewell. See you next week. Be available. Show up. Stay right there. Make yourself available. Let him have your attention. He'll show you something. Somebody say if he show up. Oh my God. He'll show out. Yes.